As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. from Death of Guitar Pop and old friend Ollie Hookins on today. Hello, mate. Yeah. Bonjour, gentlemen. How you doing? Pleased to have you on. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I think last while, time yeah. I saw you was at uh, a hardcore listing one, wasn't it? Uh, was it the Christmas day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. was it that? I filmed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it good. It was like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was good fun. Adam, Fisek, uh, The Milk. Yeah. And um, what's his name? John Moore. John Moore. Yeah. yeah. Mate, the machine, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Good so little crowd. You've been fucking smashing it lately. <laughs> and I really just, I tell you what, if anyone's listening and uh, you like Scar, listen to Death of Guitar Pop. Definitely. Uh, probably, well, basically, they're really fucking catchy tunes. Like your first Thanks, one, mate. Rickety Train, straight away, I was like, fuck. Like, it don't. It'll paper it don't shouldn't make sense, but it properly does. Thanks, man. It really does, and I, I was just thinking, how fucking out like it was a big departure from your last band, States of Motion. Also, I really love liked. States of Motion. Was yeah. it uh, Wade I'm Wired? Yeah, because like, I used to play on Phoenix, and that come out because I knew Mark. Right. I, I used to play that every week, mate. Smashing it, it's Thanks, fucking oh, lovely. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah. I, I really love States of Motion. Then you did this, and I was like, I know, it's still like just fucking catchy tune. No, yeah, it's worlds away from is. SOE, isn't it? It was well is, different. It was like, quite scary at first, actually, because I changed my singing style and everything. 
And I remember the first time, so Ricky the Old Train was like the first tune I wrote for Death of Guitar Pop. And I'd quit music for t- like a couple of months. I thought I was done forever yeah. for the foreseeable. Um, and yeah, f- fuck it, I'll try something different because I've been listening to loads of Scar. And I wanted to get a Jamaican singer um, and sort of fell short of that. And I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll just do the Suggs thing, you know, like yeah. um, singing my accent and, and that might work. And I was, I was really proud of the song, but really nervous because it was so, so different from what I was used to in SOE. And I remember the first time I played it to anyone, I played it to my brother Matt and I was sat on a, on a washing machine around our house and I was shaking like a shitting dog, like in front of my own brother. I was so, so nervous because it was such a change. Yeah, yeah. And of course, like, he was, you know, well supportive and um, really complimentary. And then, yeah, it's all just kind of been like, why do you say plain sailing? Because we've been working our asses off, but it's been a very rewarding journey the last sort of three years or however long it's been, you know? What's mad is it's sort of like, like it almost, it was kind of like it almost come from nowhere. Like, I love Scar anyway, like, I love Madness and that. Yeah. And specials and everything else. And like, there is a whole world of it. Like, even you looking at me now thinking, fuck it, there was like a million other people that you could have mentioned. But like, they're the ones that come to mind straight away. And then yeah. you think like, it hasn't been at the surface of anything for a kind of little while in the, anywhere kind of sort Definitely, of mainstream. Yeah. But then when I see the videos that you were doing, and it just jumped out the screen, like the energy and like all the people around you. It looked like you had all your family and friends yeah, and stuff in yeah, there. Right, and I was like, yeah. mate, that cannot fail. It's so good. It's like so refreshing to see. Thanks. And it's like, bang. And then another one, then another one. Then I started seeing tunes, like the club you night things and the festivals. Tunes. like mental. Yeah, it's so good. Mate. fucking brilliant. Yeah. I'm really jealous when I watched them. I'm like, shit. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I really like, though, more than anything, is that you, you've done it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's so much to be said for that. Comes through, and and coming off like the back of states of emotion, like that, you know, it obviously didn't happen as maybe mm. wanted it to. So then go right, not to give up, not yeah. just go fuck it, right, get a career now because I did that. You know, I came I very close. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard not to, isn't it? Because that's the way society kind of pushes you, isn't it? You know. Yep. And I was very much, I mean, for a little while, I don't know if you remember, but I had like a car valeting business in Brentwood and I was working really hard at sort of um, trying to expand that. And, you know, uh, it was a really good experience, you know, it helped pay for my wedding and stuff. And um, yeah, kept kept me fed for a couple of years. And, but because that kind of hit the ground running whilst SOE was kind of failing miserably, that was... I kind of started to think, well, perhaps this is what I should do then. Perhaps this is a real job. And yeah. it was, but it was, I was just kind of chasing money, you know? And um, yeah, it seemed like the sensible thing to do. And then when SOE kind of um, finished, it just, yeah, for a while I was really hurt by music. And I say a while, it was only really two months like that I completely had off and until I wrote Ricky Old Train, but two months, like, you know, you guys will know if you know yeah, you're creative yeah, musicians yeah. yourselves right. a lifetime. Yeah. yeah, it's all I've ever yeah. done, you know. So, um, but yeah, I nearly did. Um, yeah, I nearly canned it in, and then thankfully, but like you say, it's kind of funny because I, I did just with SOE. Although I poured my heart and soul into those songs, um, you know, I did have a career in mind the whole time. Um, you know, it was very aspirational. Um, and then with with Def a guitar pop, it's kind of gone that way. But at first, I was literally just doing it for me because I yeah, wanted to yeah. make some music. And, 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 yeah. Like you say, yeah. And so like, I'm really glad you picked up on that, that's man. Where it Thank comes you. From. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're not doing it for you and you're not doing it because it means something to you, yeah. you don't go anywhere. That's the problem. You do get swept up in that in banter and you're like, yeah. all right, we're going to make it. And you kind of lose lose uh, track of why you actually started doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I mean, mates getting together and feeling good about it. Yeah, that yeah that's what it's all about. And you've always got to remind yourself of that. I mean, I was listening to your, your podcast yesterday and um, I think it was episode 10 I was listening to. And you guys were talking about getting a bit jaded by this at first when it all started going yeah, really mate, successful yeah. and like thinking about view counts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And and that is the way it goes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you've always got that, and that's great. It's good that you're you're trying to push it out there and build something. Um, you know, but at the same time, yeah, you've always got to remind yourself why you're doing it. Yeah. You? And it's gotta be a, you know, it's gotta be for you first, isn't it, really? Yeah. You get, yeah. Get those little moments. And then it's honest as well. Honesty is mm. really important. I think in all factors of life, for me, being honest is really, it's yeah. like always been a really important thing to me. Yeah. And uh, if you're not being honest with yourself, then like you're fucked, mate. It's like, yeah, it's completely. Out the window. Yeah. And then you just lost track of it. So what I would, so, right. So we were talking about this a minute ago, uh, off air. <laughs> but that's the one thing I say, like when, uh, like everything could be going on, we could be getting excited about things with a podcast, stuff happening recently and you get excited. But essentially, when you sit down around this table, it's just fucking normal anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like you just come back to... Yeah. And then you, you're only just doing what you do. Yeah. And that's basically what it's about. But so, uh, so the reason why I wanted to get you on it, I wanted to get you on this right from the beginning, really. And I, 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 like, it's been a little while since we kind of first talked about it. Yeah. But there was that post that you put about states of emotion uh, that you, you kind of put a really honest thing on there talking about, like, crap you've been through mm-hmm. um and like also uh the fact that you don't drink yeah like i i, I think normally if someone's decided that they're not going to drink there's some there's a story behind that yeah definitely obviously the temptation you know most people drink so uh and that kind of go in, in many ways that goes counter to the person i know Right. Because, like, we don't know each other really well, but, like, I've, we've met, you know, we're rehearsed in the same place for quite yeah. a while, didn't we? Um, so, like, that was a bit different to the person I knew. And for me, when I kind of read something like that, um, it just makes me like like you so much more. I really mm-hmm. like to Thanks. see that genuine, honest part of people. Yeah. And, like, that, you know, that kind of, to hear a bit about someone's story, like, I, I feel it, like putting yourself out there. But I found that quite inspiring because almost like that's what we do now. And at the time, I'm like, oh, fucking respect. Like, I really felt it at Thanks, the time. I'm like, fucking, I really respect that. It's like, I, I, you know, you're like, I'm doing this. I've put everything I've got into this. Yeah, I was in an like, emotional overdrive at that point. But, you know, I don't, yeah, I really don't regret doing nah, that. You know, it was very cathartic doing that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just really respected it. Uh, and I just think, you know, it's really hard People don't do that. People don't really talk openly about things. But like you did. I don't know, that kind of shit means the world to me. I think quite often when you're in a band as well and you've kind of got probably an image from school and you're like, right, I want to portray this image of myself that I want to be this particular band member in my head, front man or whatever. And then you've got an image that you want to uphold with the rest of the band. Mm. And you kind of like, it can be quite easy to just go along with that kind of image. But then to be able to sort of say, no, do you know what? I'm... Uh, no, this ain't yeah. this ain't's not right. Yeah, We're gonna go and do really... this and mm. try something else. It's huge. Do you know the other thing I found with bands, and I still find it to this day, 
It's that no one fucking talks in a band. No. You'd think a band would be a tight unit, but in every band I've been in, there's never been, everything's been really quite surface. There's been moments, but you know, like, no, like it's very rare someone's going to go, oh, that was really fucking good what you did there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always like, well, if I say that's good, then that means I'm shit. Yeah, I'm like, I refuse to do that. I yeah. won't do that. I'm like, no, that was fucking It's really sad, important, man. yeah. Oh, yeah. So what, yeah, so... If you don't mind getting into it, then no, it's so what fine. kind of what got you? What got you to a point of that you kind of let your emotions out like that? What was going on for you? Um, well, I've kind of, I guess, like not on social media because that was the first time I really kind of opened myself up, like publicly. But I've always been an emotional extrovert with my friends and stuff. Um, what does that mean? Just like very like open and honest about how I'm feeling and yeah just just always just wore my heart on my sleeve you know um yeah like you know been through a lot of of shit with my mental health right from a young age um and just yeah that's I guess part of me dealing with it is yeah you know being creative and writing songs about it but also just like fucking burdening all my friends and family with my problems all the time. I've just always been very open about it all, you know? Um, See, that's, that's quite different. So for me, like, I've had mental health problems since I was really quite young. And, like, since I've been doing this, the amount of people who've said, like, I never knew. And I'm like, I always kind of thought I was almost telling them. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you fucking know? Well, I didn't mm. say that, but like, mm. I almost feel that because I kind of felt... But I never said it. Yeah. I was never honest about it because I always think, oh, everyone will just think I'm a cunt. Mm. But you yeah. can do that. I get, I, get, I get why you would have felt like that because I think most do, don't they? But yeah. yeah, I don't know really. I don't know why I was, why I've always been like that. Um, but the social media thing was actually, I felt really vulnerable doing that because it's one thing kind of like, you know, having that circle of people around you that you yeah. kind of feel comfortable enough to just be honest with. Mm. Um but yeah, like putting it out there publicly was was well vulnerable and scary, and yeah, just uh, even now I put a video up on um, uh, mental health awareness day last year, I think yeah, like last yeah. October or something on on dog peace thing, and that was again it was like an uncomfortable thing to do. It just felt felt right, you know. Um, but, you know, I say I'm 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 comfortable in in talking about it. Um, I, it's also I mean I have my I have my times where I don't and I lock up and stuff yeah. you know as well like so like a few like yeah I, I guess it's like you're sort of subconsciously just trying to be tough and like kind of you know the classic like brush it off and stuff and like a few few months ago I was in quite a bad place and feeling very anxious every day um, and I was kind of keeping it like like from everyone for a little while so like it's not always like I'm just like it's bearing funny, my soul, yeah, you know. I do like, exactly that though. Like, yeah. I, I almost think no, I'm all right. I can cope with it. Mm. I, I can stay on top of it. So I'm not gonna like burden anyone else with it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh shit, I can't cope with it. Yeah. And then my wife's like, why didn't you? I know. I could tell something was up. Why yeah. didn't you talk to me sooner? It's like, oh thank fuck, I've got my wife or Brad and people to talk mm. to. But like, you know, so, well, you think so many men, the last person they're going to tell is their wife. Yeah. Oh shit, he's not going to be able to pay the bills. Yeah. But it's so important, isn't it, to have that open relationship. And, you know, it's just like the same thing with me. So a few months ago, I, um, 
I had a bit of a kind of anxiety attack, like sort of 11 in the daytime uh, at our house. And um, yeah, like lucky enough, Steph, my, my wife was there and she sort of said to me, I mean, she knows, she knows me inside out and knows about, um, yeah, like we, we've been through sort of everything together and she's helped me work on um, my issues and I've helped her work on, work on hers as well. And yeah, she kind of like encouraged me to get back into therapy. And that was like April and I've sort of been going fortnightly ever since. It's really, really helped. And if she hadn't have been there in that moment, perhaps I would have just kind of like, I don't know, internalised it and it would have gone on longer. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I have my, my spells as well of locking it yeah, in and then that, yeah, that usually, as you say, like, you know, results in a little bit of a meltdown at some point, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? You know? That's right. Like, what you say is, is like, you know that uh, you've always got to be, I always just say it's like, it's like working the programme, you've always got to be working on it. Yeah. And that means like just accepting that you're going to, be having therapy on and off. Yes. You know, like there's yeah. times when you're not coping and you'll go and have a bit of therapy for a month or two. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but, but like when you finish your therapy, I always leave the door wide open. I'm like, I'll probably be back. Yeah. But like, I, I, I feel better knowing that it's there. But I have Definitely. therapy every week anyway. I've had therapy every week for a year now. Yeah. It's nearly a year. Yeah. I have group psychotherapy. Um, and some days I'm like, I'm well. Like, lately, mm-hmm. I've been like, I'm well. I don't need to be here. Uh, but it's really easy. Like, my therapy is really easy. It's like sitting in AA. Yeah. And, um, but so often, I'm like, even now, like, I think I'm well and I'll go in and someone else will say something. I'll be like, fucking hell. I didn't even realise that was an issue. But now I know it is. Like, I know I know what to look for. And like, I just, even, even this far down the line in my life, I'm still picking up on the shit. Yeah. Um, so it's always worth it, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you come out there with a real spring in your step, don't you? And you think, oh, fucking hell, I feel a million dollars after that. And you get that instant gratification. Yeah, sometimes you don't. And then other times yeah. you're in bits, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I had one the other week. and It was the, it was textbook, actually. It was one I was going to, and I was on driving there, and I thought, I don't know what I'm going to talk about today. Like, mm. I kind of just feel a bit... I don't know, like, uh, what's what's the word, really? Just somewhere in the middle. I don't really yeah. feel like, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what I'm going to bring to the table. And um, that's been, like, my heaviest one. I, you know, I, things from my childhood just popped out of nowhere and I am I was weeping like a little baby that's by the so end of true, it. And, uh, that's really true, because those are normally the days when I have it. And I'm like, oh, there's nothing going on. I've got nothing to say. Yeah. I'm really shit and not talking at best of times. And then suddenly out of nowhere, I'm just like, uh, actually, because they go, well, right, we'll just, everyone stop for a minute, uh, like kind of take a minute, breathe, think about what you want to bring to the session. And I'm normally like, just, yeah, fucking loads of shit. Yeah. Um, but it's normally when I haven't got a lot to say is when it goes really deep. Mm. So, so is, is it mostly anxiety then? Um, Do you mind if I smoke? No, go for it, man. Yeah, I, it's a mixture of things, really. I mean, when I was um, a teenager, I was really badly depressed, like, you know, crippling, like, crying all the yeah, time. and exactly the I used to go to bed and just cry, you yeah, know, every I'm, night. Yeah, um, yeah, rough, man. And I just didn't have... I really didn't look after myself as a teenager. I didn't love myself one bit, you know. And uh, in my 20s, it was kind of like destructive behaviour with drugs and, and drink and stuff. Um, 
And then I guess, yeah, since I kicked the the booze and, and drugs, which was like seven and a half years ago now, things have been a lot better and I've really got my life in order. And I can sort of say hand on heart, you know, I'm happy and balanced. I still have mental health struggles because yeah. that's just part and parcel of my being. But um, but yeah, I, I would I guess like in recent years, since I stopped drinking, it's the anxiety, you know. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes... It, it won't be there for like sort of like long periods, but I, it, I don't know. I always have to be aware that I have like coping mechanisms, um, you know, and I, I have to kind of go through the every day. I have to wake up and be very mindful about how I start that day and how, you know, I have to check in with myself constantly to just stay focused and happy and rational, you know. It's, that's uh, like when we were talking to Tim and Robbins, one thing like I'd heard about him before is he's kind of. Uh, He's uh, like he's rituals, and like you have the rituals that mm. together. I tend to have a lot of that on the way to work. Yeah, like mornings are important. Yeah, and, and like the kind of talking myself into the day. And yeah, day. do you find you're quite bad in the mornings? Is that like yeah, one of your yeah, worst yeah. times? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the hardest time. That's kind of it's got a lot better. I used to wake up every morning angry as fuck and hating <laughs> the world. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but it's just <laughs> it's healthy to laugh about. Yeah, only because I can we relate to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, just really, really angry, and um, I don't know. Look, I'm probably the wellest I've ever been, and like, I don't, good. I don't find it as much now. I've been for a really good period lately. I'm starting to feel it a little bit more, like just that fr- waking up feeling really angry and being annoyed that I've woken up because I'm like, because I was always like, I hate the world, I hate my life, why do I want to get up? So I never used to get up. I used to always be really fucking late for work, and mm. but I sorted that out. And I and that's another thing. If you kind of straighten out, like you're not fucking on the piss all the time. You're not like you're not taking loads of drugs. It's easier. You wake up in a better frame of mind. Yeah, generally, it's funny. Like you said about that, uh, like you not drinking at all uh, and not doing anything. Like uh, I I had this conversation, the name drop with Nick McCabe, and he was going. You need to stop everything because, like he said, that is the only way you got on top of it. Mm. Like he still has his dips, like you do, like you said. But, um, like basically, I know when I get pissed, uh, like the next day I don't feel as good as I would normally, mm. uh, and then I'm much more susceptible to feeling low. Yeah. So if you don't drink at all, then then you kind of bypass that whole fucking issue. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like. You know, alcohol and, and drugs to an extent are a mood enhancer, aren't they? And if yeah. you're a happy-go-lucky, you know, balanced individual, whatever that is, you know, you will, it'll bring out a funny, fun side to you. Do you know what I mean? More, like, more lovable, more jovial. Yeah, but if you've got always did for me. Yeah, but if you've got, like, a real deep darkness, it can go way the, the other, other way, way, can't it? I, I found just... I had to, like, relearn who I was when I really slowed down at drinking. Yeah, and then I didn't go out for ages, and then sort of family occasions I'd be there, and I kind of had to relearn like how to yeah, approach people. Building. When normally, yeah. like bef- when you piss, you kind of before you know it, you're already in someone's face. You're all I've probably already like done loads of ego, like I'm this, that, da, 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 yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it's like learning how to sort of reinitiate conversation and talk to people and stuff like that. I found out I basically yeah. had to relearn who I actually Mate, was. Yeah. But since a teenager, Mate. I've had like false confidence, yeah. false Brad, really, yeah, for I, such so a long I time. Think you you yeah. were describing like. Growing up was very, it was basically the same as me, and I think the same as you. You know, like that kind of early part where you're like, I, I remember 
like right up into my twenties. Uh, basically, I yeah, I used to just cry uncontrollably quite mm. a lot. And like, there was stuff going on in my life, like my parents splitting up and things like that, would confirm that upset. But um, but like that was, like, I always knew when it was really bad because I'd cry and cry and cry. Can't cry anymore since taking um, fucking mountains of antidepressants. I can't cry. Sometimes I wish I could. Um, but yeah, and then that kind of that self-destructive, and like, and I think drugs and booze is part of that self-destructive part. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't fucking care about myself, mm. so why do I give a shit about this? Yeah, and like that's totally it. Mm. It really is. Mm. I mean, I can really relate to what you're saying, uh, Brad. In in that, what when I stopped, uh, perhaps this is where little you know anxiety started to creep in. I'd be out at like, you know, if you're like almost like a neutral, like in a neutral social environment, like a wedding where you don't know many people, yeah. or whatever, and. Yeah, like interacting, like introducing myself to to people that I I you know don't know, or, yeah, haven't met before. That all of a sudden something clicks in my head, and I'm like, fuck, man, I really lean on having like four or five beers, yeah, to loosen up and yeah, have one yeah, when you're getting ready, maybe, yeah, like, yeah, because yeah, I was a bit of a jack the lad, and yeah. I just kind of went way the other way, yeah. you know, and and it's good, it humbled me. I feel I feel like it's made me a nicer person to be around Amazing. yeah it's uncomfortable process yeah um, very character building normally the most important processes are the most uncomfortable unfortunately yeah of course yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah no, i still fucking drink like, like when I, I went out recently and i just drank loads because i'd been out socially for a bit and i still do it if i go out i tend to just fucking really kind of hammer it mm-hmm. yeah and i just to kind of almost because to make me who I want to be, which is bullshit, man. Because like I probably I have much better conversations otherwise. Mm. Like, like, actually, I don't want to just talk to everyone. I just want to talk to a few people and have a good chat. Yeah, yeah. I'm more like that, you know. I'm not like um, one of those people that goes around and will like chat to everybody in the pub that yeah. night. I like no. to have a like a deep sort of intellectual just chat with like a yeah, couple no, of people. I do, I do, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. So um. So what happened with you then? When did you first start? How old you, can you? Like, how old were you when you first started having problems? So, um, it kind of like began when I was nine. So yeah. really, yeah. nine, yeah, no age, is it, man? <laughs> no, it's not. But that's exactly really? the same time as me. Nine. Was that the when your parents split up? No, no, they split up when I was twenty-one. Right. Uh, but I, I, I think for me it was about um, uh, like becoming more self-aware. Mm. Uh, I also got the shit kicked out of me like about a year later, which really kind of drew me into myself. Right. But what, it, like an unprovoked attack? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a man. couple of really bad ideas. Shit, man. Um, and that really, really threw me. But all that did was confirm what I was going through already. So I was already starting to feel uncomfortable which i think everyone does you know like you yeah. start getting a bit older and i think nine is that age when you start becoming more self-aware mm. and like, i just couldn't deal with it mm. and like so i because of like the way i've been treated when i was younger before that and being put down and everything that became who i was mm. so when i became self- self-aware my self-awareness was basically oh you're really shit so like that, and that was kind of family shit. It all yeah. made me go that way. Mm. But it's funny nine. I think nine is the age when you start kind of going through puberty and all of those things, and and then your emotions are becoming much more to the fore anyway. 
Yeah. It makes it harder to deal with. I can relate to the self-awareness thing. I think that's another thing that's contributed to my anxiety, like since I stopped the booze and that, because you do, um, yeah, the more self-aware you become and the more you learn about the world and stuff, the more conscious you become, don't you? And if you're susceptible to anxiety, that can be, you know, a curse like because it's 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 good i'd rather be that way i'd rather be because otherwise you're pretty much a narcissist right yeah, no, I, agree, <laughs> so it's I, like... I agree it's a double-edged sword yeah yeah it's like it's a nightmare then in and then the other way it's also kind of makes you makes you more aware more caring compassionate and, yeah. yeah and have more empathy and those are all lovely things to have although mm. not typically male traits yeah and mm. you've just got to learn to be kind to yourself yeah. within that process that's, that's the art of it that's it? huge that's that the is. difficult part in yeah. all that you know because yeah of course it's great to to develop like compassion and a, a self-awareness that makes you a nicer just more humble warm person but then yeah you can also talk to yourself like a piece of shit in the process yeah, can't yeah. you and spook yourself a bit that's and exactly it. That's yeah exactly it. yeah and and that's it and within that somewhere yeah you have to be kind to yourself and that's the that's the hardest part mm. i tell people that all the time like when people message us on like on the socials and things and they're going through a difficult time i'm like do not forget yourself in here. Mm. Be kind to yourself. Stop by, uh, you know, stop blaming yourself for everything. Yeah, yeah, man. So, did you ever go like to doctors or anything when you were younger? Yeah. So, so basically, when I was nine, that's when my parents split up, and I went. Our house got repossessed, and uh, we went to. Uh, it, yeah. So, so it was me and my two younger brothers and my mum, and basically. Um, obviously I've been through all of this in therapy and, 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 and one of the sessions I had in my early twenties, I just went there and I like, broke down. I had a shit list of like, you know, so many things it was in Chelmsford. So, so I got the train and I was in a really dark place and I, thought, I was angry, upset. I thought, right, I'm going to mention this. I'm going to mention that. I had so many, just loads of trivial shit. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't really know what the, you know, what the root problem was. And I sat there in the chair and she said, why are you here? And without even kind of thinking, I just went to say my mum's an alcoholic and I couldn't talk. I was like completely mowed, like just crying for about half an hour like with a box of tissues. Bless her, this therapist, I only actually went for one session with her, but I was in there for like two and a half hours. Wow, she was a, a real angel, yeah. And and, and I, I, it was a real breakthrough session. I'd been like as a teenager and I kind of just went there and like ranted and didn't really understand, mm. you know. No, but, no, no, but this was like a breakthrough. And she, she basically told me that I was sort of forced to become the man of the house aged nine. And that was a hell of a responsibility. Yeah. And um, my mum's illness is is a real bad one, and she's she's like very Jekyll and Hyde kind of drunk. Like the you know if if you if you meet my mum sober, she's a lovely person. Um, couldn't meet a a, a nicer, uh, yeah, more sort of warmer human being. But unfortunately, when she has a drink, she's a monster. And as with most, as with a lot of people. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and. And it was hard, you know, it was just a hard thing growing up, you know, um, having to deal with that Jekyll so and Hyde energy. Yeah, it was a survival thing. Yeah, it was a survival thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so that's where a lot of it started. Uh, and I kind of, I feel like I took it on the chin for like a lot of, a lot of 
my my youth and then I don't know I got to senior school and that was tough because I was actually I was a real late bloomer like with puberty and things I was like the shortest kid in my year that was very emasculating um I was into alternative music I wanted to be a rock star and like the youth culture then just did not cater for that you were just called a grunger and beaten up (laughs) so so I had to fucking um you know, I covered that shit up. I was ashamed of it, which was, a, you know, it was, it was real shame, innit? You know, yeah. um, and then, and then, yeah, when I was, when I was uh, 15, pal in my, um, I think you know this story actually, Nick, um, pal in my form uh, who I'd bonded with throughout school, whose brother was, was really cool and kind of used to make us like, mixtapes with like Nirvana and Motorhead oh, and shit crazy. on. Yeah, yeah, he, he was like, kind of yeah me and him really bonded and he gave me like um he hooked me up with my guitar teacher and stuff and he like he, i just idolized the kid he passed away um in in our last year at school and it was really Jeez. sudden as well it all happened over a weekend he he, he got meningitis and it he was literally chasing me down around the uh, exam hall uh friday evening giving me a dead arm coming to school monday and, and he was gone uh and then i lost my, my granddad um around the same time who I was really really close with and then yeah just kind of just things just sort of spiraled then into a real depression and I got to college at 16 and I was just fucked mate I wasn't ready for anything you know yeah at that point you know you you can't make sense of stuff much at that age anyway no and then you've got all this really heavy shit going on you know like deaths like and it just throws you you're like I don't get it yeah it's really and I think it's like the natural response is to to go into a depression. Yeah. But I think that's like the kind of natural way. But mm. then if you then add on top of that everything else that was going on. Yeah, just lots like of stress. You can't see fucking, you, you can't, mate, you can't see through it. No, did no, you I, find I wasn't like, equipped for that, you know, I was no, just no, too, no. yeah. Did, did you find comfort in like friends and music? Like, did you find, so I sort of worked out that I'd, went out and found new families almost through the music that I liked and yeah, friends. you had a similar experience, friends. didn't you? As in your parents split up and then that kind of similarly happened with you. Yeah, didn't it? yeah, along them sort of lines. And I found myself wanting to almost create a life of, oh, I listen to this sort of type of music or I go out with these friends and everything else and not like make it up, but I kind of found myself not going home at weekends mm. and like trying to stay out longer yeah, not going I to school exactly not going to work too, you're kind yeah. of like you're kind of caught up in Sofa this whole other life that. Yeah. yeah definitely I think especially with music as well it's easy to do if you're in bands and stuff you go in like from one place to the other you kind of get caught up in it but yeah. you know, we'd go for drives down South End I just wouldn't come home for like three or four days kind of yeah, sleeping I in the back of cars and stuff yeah yeah like musically as well did you find like solace in that Was has it always been there for you yeah I think it kept me alive mate to be honest with you um, you know like I was talking about earlier you know when I had that little period off I kind of resented music and thought oh it's a bit of a curse like picking this for a career like Mm. fucking the most difficult thing in the world (laughs) but actually looking back now and having made my peace with it all um yeah I realize now without that outlet you know I met my best friends through through being in the band I met my wife through being in the band and yeah just just having that kind of cathartic thing to to kind of try and make sense of my emotions mm. and how I was feeling. Yeah, yeah, just if it were, I, I just but I I kind of just became obsessed with it and immersed myself in it. Yeah, of course. Probably to an unhealthy extent and didn't really even know how to cuz I wasn't very 
well upstairs i couldn't really cope with anything but yeah whatever that was it, it kind of just i just clung to there's it. worse things like to be it. addicted to though, yeah, right? yeah 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 I I was think, kept like, me alive I, I always think like, one of the best things i ever did was learn to play guitar the amount yeah. of things it's got me into like the fun things and, mm. yeah and, like some of my best experiences have been through like doing music and like even in those dark periods just having a guitar mm. i just used to lie on my bed it's like having and a friend like, there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, this is just for me. Mm. And I still do, you know, I still, like, I, I basically I draw or play guitar. Yeah. And I, and that's that's what I do, and that's what I'll always do. You know, it's like, awesome. you, you take on something you'll do for the rest of your life, and it's pretty special. Yeah. I was trying to tell my daughter that today. Oh. And she's like, but how do I make money? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you won't make no money. <laughs> a bit of busking. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what she said. And I was like, she went, well, I can play all the open chords. I was like, yeah, you can. And like, you did learn them in about five minutes and still remember them. I'm like, that's a skill. How old your daughter? She's 12 now. She, she, like, she was getting really stressed out today because she hasn't, she says she hasn't found her thing. Oh. Her thing to, like, that's really kind of like about her and uh, is special and uh, uh, that, that will take her for the rest of her life. And I'm like, yeah, you're you're overreaching. Yeah, <laughs> she's twelve, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just do things you like. Got yeah, yeah. If you put that much weight on it, you won't learn it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, it feel like a job. You got to do something you just love and just do it because it's like yeah. Like, that's why I never, I never, well, I never, um, I never did acoustic guitar, electric guitar. I went straight to electric just Same. because <laughs> you bang it, you feel it in your yeah, chest. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah. Like, and I, I was like, I'm fucking Angus Young. It's difficult yeah. with kids because, like, with my, I definitely remember my dad actually wrote out the chords, like, drew little dots and where to hold it. And I've still got the bits of paper. So your dad out. plays? Yeah, well, he's dead now. But, like, when, you, like, when we were kids, I vaguely remember him playing a bit when we were younger. But he used to have the guitar on the wall. And I used to, like, climb up. I weren't really allowed to touch uh, it, but I'd yeah, climb up on the table and, like, story. strum the strings. I worked out, like, a song with, like, three strings. Wicked. And then... I don't know why, but he never forced it on me or anything like that. Yeah. And I would, I'd naturally, like when I was back home with my mum, started playing. My mum bought me one and like started playing songs. And I'd go back to him and try and impress him. And I would all be on one string up and down the fretboard and everything else. And then one day, like I must have been quite a bit older because I kind of remember it. But he just wrote out the chords. He said, "If you learn these chords, you'll be able to play pretty much every song. You know, C, F, G, whatever." And um, yeah, like I say, I've still got a bit of paper. And there's a bit of me when I had Buddy, he's like five now, that thought, oh, I'll have this day one day when I sort of sit down with him and got the guitar. But I didn't want to sort of force it on him. So all yeah. mine are sort of hung up in strategic places, one on the floor. We got him one for Christmas, like a little one. No interest in it whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you, do I like keep going, like force it? Do I not yeah. kind of thing? No, it's like so can, difficult. Can but what's yeah, amazing, yeah. he's got into breakdancing and I can't break oh, dance. I've always yeah, wanted to cool. as well. So it's like, and he's naturally just gone off and done it on his own. So I'm yeah, super proud of him anyway. That's awesome. Like, you just see me playing. Like, I've got guitars all over the house. I'm fucking guitar maniac. And, uh, <laughs> she was, uh, and she just saw me doing it all the time. And she was like, and she wanted to do it with me. Mm, and then I took like, a couple of calls and I went, Let's write a song. Oh, you know, I love like, that. How easy, and I was like, don't no, don't try and play fucking Ari, whoever she's into, Ariana Grande. Slipknot. Eh? Slipknot. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not yet. And I was like, no, no, don't do that. Uh, like, let's just like do a song together. And I was like, we could do it. Just do two chords. Done. And then she was trying to learn to play keyboards. And I was like, I don't. Let's, I like 
I don't know, they keep, but I was like, oh, roughly, I could play along with you, I think. And then we just do a tune together. I love that. That That was really special. Yeah, really special. That's the one. So, um, so during that time, then, uh, so you kind of like, it really hit you, like, when, when, how were you when you had like the the good one when you went in, in Chelmsford? Oh, so I would have been like, um, Mate, I don't know if I'd quit. I think I'd quit drinking at that point, actually. I don't know. Yeah, probably like 25. I'm 32 now. Yeah, around 25. Yeah. 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 So it's recently been not that long that you've really kind of. No, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah, doing a lot of of work, man. Yeah, last few years. Feels like a lifetime ago, that session. But um, yeah, I guess it wasn't that long ago, actually, like mid 20s. Yeah. So do you ever get. Do you ever have medication or anything? No, no. I, I, actually, when I was um, 18, I had a bit of a nervous breakdown. Fucking terrible, man. I smashed up a Gibson Les Paul. What, what the hell? Oh, no, no what fucking spoiled little pussy. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know Les Pauls. I do. <laughs> do I'm gutted what? for you, mate. That's this was savage. a lovely Les Paul. They're not my guitar of choice anymore, but this was a lovely... I got, I got it back. There's a lovely story about it, actually. I'll tell you in a sec. But... Um, yeah, I, I had this fucking nervous breakdown and um, my nan took me to see the doctor and uh, it got me into my first therapy sessions, actually. Um, and yeah, and, and at the time, my nan, I've done a, you know, old fashioned views or whatever. She was like, you're not putting him on them because he's too young and he'll, he'll be on them forever. Like, if, you know, if he becomes well, reliant on him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's not I, I, I've got untrue. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got pals um, that take them and and really reap the benefits. Do you know what I mean? So I'm I'm certainly not. But that was just her thing at the time, yeah. and and she was leading the way. I was young, so I yeah, was. I just think that if you've managed without them, then you've managed, don't mm. you? Yeah, I mean, they might help me. I don't know. They might help keep anxiety at bay and stuff. Like, I'm, you know, but, but yeah, so far I haven't, I haven't used them. Do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't be, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of set on the fence with it, really. Do you know what I mean? I'm open minded with, yeah, everything. I think normally, uh, like, if you've got this far, um, unless you hit a, a moment of despair mm. where you're like, I, I've got to do something, yeah, then, then you're probably okay i don't see because the other thing is like quite often like they'll give you like um i call them jellies but they're not uh that's what they used to call them in manchester uh, like <laughs> the acid pants and things like that oh right yeah yeah and, like, they're fucking quite uh oh, i fucking loads of them over the years and like they just not through prescription <laughs> mm. like, they kind of like but they'll really fucking zone you right out right and get that kind of nice uh uh, opiate buzz off of that. Right, cool. Um, but that often isn't that helpful, especially if you've been self-destructive. Right. Because like, it's really easy to step back in the self-destructive. You end up sort of binging them a bit. Yeah. yeah. Them mm. nice. I should imagine, like, with not drinking, it must be easier to kind of work out what your sort of level day-to-day state of, like, oh, yeah. oh this is me, this is Ollie today, yeah, and I'm really, yeah, like, quite true, level. Yeah, and Obviously, there might be days where you look back and think, fucking hell, that was mental. Or yeah. other days where you're like, oh, that was all right. But... I'm guessing because I don't know because I'm completely locked into this whole mad alcohol thing at the moment. But okay. like it must help to have a bit wake up with a clearer head. Yeah, I mean, just not have that kind of degree of like 
think that me. makes a difference. Yeah, I think that I'm all like, yeah, the, I've definitely got clarity most days. That doesn't mean to say I feel good most no, days. No, yeah, I'm not there's saying there's a balance like it's all there. one way. Um, but but yeah, there's always clarity. I know when I'm feeling good and when mm. I'm feeling shit or when I'm just kind of feeling indifferent or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, definitely that that it, it helps. But then I guess the um, the little drawback to that can be you never. I'm I'm kind of very driven, like don't sit still sort of person. Yeah, so it's harder to switch off. It's like when I was when I was on the booze and drugs, I was very much like a binge drinker, loads of cocaine, like just very much in that kind of culture. Um, I weren't really a weed smoker or anything like that. I never smoked like tobacco or anything, but I've actually sort of I really enjoy a cigar now. Mm. Randomly, I got into cigars. Uh, and I do like the, I have the old puff of uh, of a joint now and again with pals, you know, and and that's quite nice actually. That kind of mellows me. Not that I'm like endorsing no, drug no, taking. On no, podcast, but it's like it's just but it like it shows the difference in, in my personality yeah, as totally. well yeah, from yeah, how yeah. it used to be. And it's I, not like waking up at seven o'clock in the morning, and going, oh, I've got to smoke, I've got to have this. Yeah, I don't binge any of it. No, it's a treat. Yeah, it's not that self-destructive. Yeah, I don't. When I stop drinking every day which was about 15 years ago now, I kind of stopped getting stoned. Like, I used to just smoke and drink, like, smoke and drink. Yeah. Like, fucking loads every day. Yeah. Uh, like, when I got home from work, I'd just do it until I passed out, get up, and go. And I did that for about 15 years as well. Uh, so, when I stopped doing it, uh, just that going, right, I'm just going to do it at weekends and when Thursdays when I do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like that, that was a massive step for me. That was like, oh, I'm not doing that big self-destructive shit. But I finally, I finally didn't feel that much better. Mm. Uh, and then I found, like, say if I had a week off of work, I would just get drunk all week. And like, I'd sit up till four o'clock in the morning and just get really fucking wanky. Yeah. It's only been the last few years and I've stopped doing that. I mm. feel better for it. Mm. Uh, oh, fuck, I've lost it. But, so what I was going to get at, really, was the... Um, I was talking about this with one of my other friends, Stu, who we all know. Uh, about uh, and he's much like you is he? he's just like on it on it on it mm. and uh, I, I've got since doing this I've started to realise that I can do that as well yeah like, I started to realise that I can do things which is yeah. quite new for me uh, but uh, but that idea of no I want more like let's make it work let's make it work and I have to keep telling myself well I can't do much more than I am but talking to him about saying I said to him, like, how do you actually switch off then? Because you're always driven, driven, driven. And he's always been like that. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, but within that, you have got to switch off at some point. Mm. You do, man. Because if you don't, you do crash and burn. Oh, you do, like, yeah. You, especially if you've got mental health problems. Yeah. Uh, like, it, like, you've got to accept that every few months you're going to crash. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, no, that that's, that's something that happens to me. I do get dangerously close to burnout yeah. you know um because you're hyper vigilant all the time yeah and that is exhausting not exhausting necessarily physically but mentally mm. uh and being that hyper vigilant and on top of that you're staving off anxiety and depression because that's what i found yeah i was always staving off depression and self-destruction that that in itself was wearing me out yeah without everything else like mm. work and shit mm. as well yeah. So yeah. So the, that balance in there, like mm. going back to my daughter, I'm, I said to my daughter, like she's going, well, when I come to my exams, like that's all I've got to do. I'm like, no, 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 no. 
you've got to do the things you like doing you to have. balance out the fucking stress that you get from that. Yeah, yeah. You, otherwise, yeah, you'll just drive yourself into the ground like a peg, wouldn't you? <laughs> How do you manage that then? It's difficult, mate. That's probably like my biggest challenge now. But I've got, I don't know, I've, started, I've got better at like delegating tasks to like people that I work with. That's a big thing. Was a bit of a micromanager and control freak up until about a year ago, I guess. And I've just sort of started to learn that. Um, a lot of like business books have helped me actually in that respect. And and yeah, I've been like kind of binging like self help books for a few years oh, now. Amazing. A lot of good stuff good in those. Yeah. Have you got any recommendations? Yeah, well, funny, I've actually got into, I've taken an interest into Nichiren Buddhism uh, nice. through my friend uh, Mitch from The Milk, the drummer from The yeah. Milk. And um, very much a newbie, do you know what I mean? So I'm still kind of like, you know, learning. But there's some things I've taken. So there's a book called The Reluctant Buddhist uh, that Mitch lent me. That's a bit of a life changer. Ooh, uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. There's a bit in it. Yeah, it's called The Reluctant Buddhist and it's by William Woodard. Great book. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, And yeah, so there was certain things in that that just blew my mind uh, overnight. They have like uh, the 10 life states and it it basically breaks down like the 10 kind of modes we're constantly in. And like, so you have like, you have the lower world, which is like the hell state, the state of animality, a hunger state. I've heard of some of this. Yeah, and then as you get higher, you have like the state, uh, the stage of bodhisattva, which is like helping others and doing things for others, and, and Buddhahood and learning and realization, and like getting my head around those ten life states or the ten worlds they're sometimes referred to as. That's really helped me organize my nut. Like it's like a good kind of like foundation for me. Um, and just from that kind of, th- just taking that section alone. I now chant every day, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, which is like the chant of the um, the Lotus Sutra, just kind of out of respect for what that's given me. Like, I love that. you know, so good. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of like, I'm yeah, I'm still like way not that far down the rabbit hole yet. It's part of my life every day, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not, I'm not like. I'm conscious that I'm not like hugely educated yet. I know I've still got so much to learn. It's changing them little daily habits. Though, but yeah, life, yeah, I've really. just found like, um, yeah, that there's that so much of the kind of like uh, doctrine has just really helped me. Like really resonated with me. I like love that. That's so yeah, well, I, podcasts I, are great that, they, you know. What's, um, what's really had me recently? And you saying that really just fucking echoes my, my kind of recent thoughts were, and like, I was talking to someone at work and they were saying that they did uh, like yoga when they wear uh, a mask so they can properly let themselves go. Is that dogging? <laughs> <laughs> but I think what happened is, say, like last year when I had my meltdown and like, thought, let's do this, um, was when I, I, I did like I did the course of Transcendental Meditation. And all right, that didn't stick, but I did learn a lot of things mm. still. Um but what it did do for me was that realization that uh, that all of that stuff that I used to say was fucking bollocks. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like I'm like I fucking know. I, I like buildings. I don't like trees. I used to hate countryside. Like, really, I vehemently yeah. detest countryside. <laughs> Avoid countryside. Right now, I'm like I enjoy the view. And yeah, I used to hate. Stuart used to fucking get the ump of me. 
they'd go, look at that view. And I'd be like, well, that's fucking boring, mate. <laughs> and, I, and I used to I used to carry, like when we did the band, I used to carry a telly around with me. A like wow. black and white telly. So wherever we went, if we were there for any length of time, like a sound check, plug it in. I've watched a film. <laughs> yeah. Because I was so vehemently against in anything, your own bubble. Yeah, anything yeah, yeah. like that. Because I, that is how I protected myself. Yeah. Right? And I've learned uh, over the last year that I was completely wrong. And actually, I think kind of what you're describing, and it reminds me of stuff Russell Brand says, and like years ago I would have gone, oh, it's full of shit. But now I'm like, no, that's about connection. Mm. It's about connection to like the world and the universe and all of those things. Yeah. And I, I just think that like, I'm learning more and more. And then you say that, and I and I learn a bit more. And I think, I think if you're struggling with life, like to feel more connected to life makes you feel better. Definitely, mm. yeah. There's, you I, don't need religion. You just, like, that, those kind of really simple concepts of, like, you're not actually, actually, you're really tiny mm. in this world. That's right. And because you're so small, you don't have to worry. Yeah. Like, that's a really great message. It's powerful, mm. right? It's like, actually, you know, what you do is really insignificant, yeah. really. And yeah, I, it kind of just takes the... St- like the lightens a load, doesn't it? When yeah. you think like that, you're like, oh yeah, actually, what does it fucking matter? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a simple thing on that, that bigger scale. It sort of makes it a bit easier, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And then um, the things that do touch other people, like generally, you think about songs. Like you think about like, I mean, for us being musos, like the stuff that touches us is like a lyric, mm. and those lyrics are normally touches because they're emotional. Mm. You know. Like, that's all that fucking matters. Yeah. Definitely. Does like, it, everything like, else don't really money and all that other shit. Nah, I mean, you as know. As long as you're all right, the rest of it don't really matter. Yeah, Just, I mean, you're only going to get certain levels of happiness from, like, the material aspects of life, aren't you? Like, you're going to get, again, going back to the... Um, the Nichiren Buddhism thing, they sort of say like relative happiness is what you get from them, but absolute happiness is just like a clear, you know, grateful state of mind yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, that, that won't be too greatly moved, like depend, you know, um, by whatever's happening in their, in your external circumstances, just having that, not, not like stoic thing, but just having that grounding all the time and yeah. being able to that, no, that is appreciate a, that, that think what it is. in the traditional sense of the word. Mm. As in uh, the idea that happiness comes from within. People don't always see that with stoicism, but stoicism basically is happiness comes from within. Yeah, and uh, there was, and uh, it was less. It was more than a year ago. I was seeing this therapist, Chris, who was really, really great, and he was just like, "You're looking elsewhere for happiness. You're looking mm. everywhere else to try and be happy." And like, it's because I spent my life doing it. He was like, "Because I'm not good enough to get it." And then one day he was like. Now you've got it all wrong. Like it's it's about it's the inside. Happiness is about like what you think and how you feel about yourself. Mm. It's not about fucking things. Trinkets. Nah, that's right. Yeah, trinkets. Yeah, and, like, yeah, that's all bullshit. I mean, you get a little bit of gratification no, out of that stuff. I mean, like guitar, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of pleasure. Like, yeah, yeah. but but at the same time, it ain't the fucking be all and end all absolute answer, is it? You know, it's just yeah, yeah, it's. And I think that's the trouble. Like we've, I think the the it's good. Like obviously, it's amazing what you guys are doing here. And although social media definitely has its negative aspects, 
it's it's great that people are talking like this more. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think they are talking mm. more. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I think like before, like I, I don't know, like us lot growing up, it was we were kind of like you know what we were being sold in the, through the media and stuff. The dream was. Yeah, all these nice things give you happiness. Well, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? nice car, nice fucking house. Yeah. Nice yeah, house, nice big yeah, house, nice yeah. motor. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking today about it, about like when uh, like everyone was getting a mortgage without having any money and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Because you can have everything now. Yeah. And actually, it's like, not that you need everything, it's like most things don't really matter. That's right, yeah. And I feel, what's great about social media is it's given everyone a voice and a platform mm. now. Yeah, and brave individuals like yourselves are, are, are you know, talking about the, sh the shit that really matters, getting yeah. to the core I of, appreciate you know, that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's not so always it easy. It used for positive meetings. Mm. You know, I totally agree with that. Uh, a lot of people slag it off, but if it weren't for social media, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. Nah. Nah. Yeah, no, no, no. I wouldn't be talking to you. No, so I, it's, it. it's given my band a platform, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So it is what it, you know. Obviously, there are negative aspects, but that's life, isn't it? Yeah. How do you find yeah. that response to it all? So obviously, like we're just sort of blown oh, up. I tell you what. Where do you started? Where Where do you started? Uh, the the guitar pop. There was a, I thought because I I'm into scooters, isn't I? So, uh, and I used to buy a scooter magazine like every month. I didn't like, know this about you. Yeah, I've got a pack of Vespa. Have you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wicked, man. So, like, I fucking, and I got into scooters about 20 years ago. I've had Vespas pretty much ever since. And um, so, when you started doing that, I just thought, you can't lose. Nah. Because even if, even if all you did was go and play all of, like, I, I'm on like, a lot of different like scooter forums, and they've always and they're always having nights. Yeah, weekend. And like, I stuff. think even if you didn't like, even if it didn't go much further, you could probably make a living out of it. Mate, just it's crazy. The scooter thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean that like that just keep going. That subculture is so fucking behind live music. You know, it's um, yeah, it's a real blessing. I knew that it was popular, but. I didn't quite realise just how, like, there's something going on, like, every weekend yeah, all over yeah, the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything from, like, you know, I don't know, 150 people in, in, the, in the Traitor's Gate or whatever at a Scar Night, right up to Madness doing Clapham Common or yeah, whatever. Cool. Something so, or that New Year's weekend. Eve gig or something. It's yeah, crazy, yeah, and there's like... rallies, yeah, like, constant. It's just great, yeah. yeah. It does. And they uh, love, every, all the, the mods and the skinheads just love live music the video know, that I saw I think bands. it might have been at the Traitor's Gate I can't remember but I think it's one of your club nights I don't right. know whether you're playing live or whether you're playing music but there must have been like what looked like just a room full of people singing laughing yeah, jumping about yeah, just yeah. having like all my hairs going up like the best <laughs> best yeah, time and I was like man that's so like that is it like yeah, it's you, all about you can just keep doing that every weekend mate it's fucking but incredible if you can do that and do catchy tunes then everyone remember yeah quickly. what I've really noticed is that everyone sings along yeah yeah yeah. and you're like fucking that's gold know the words that's gold yeah, it's cool but I was thinking like even I was looking into it uh, like last year about like I don't belong to any clubs and uh, just because I don't know it feels like I'm, I like to be an outsider I'd like to have my own club just you should have an outsiders club <laughs> of all the outsiders yeah <laughs> and, uh, and like just in Brentwood there's like five scooter clubs is there five in wow. Brentwood? Yeah, wow. And that's that. just Brentwood. There's a big scooters in Brentwood. Wow. Enough. And um, and I and like what 
and what I noticed was that they would always have the same bands, like the same, basically covers bands, uh, and always the same. And like, they'd have a night on, they'd do check, they'd do low, most, most of them are charity nights, mm. and they'd always have the same uh, covers bands. And it's like, that's a bit boring, isn't it? Yeah. The bad manners must have just made their living off of doing stuff like mm. that. Mate, they're road dogs, bad manners. Yeah, they're yeah. still smashing it now, it's man. Like, they're out like nearly every night touring, making a really good living out I'll of it. I'll be honest, and I you see. you come along and you give them something new. Mm, like yeah. a new band, like younger people. Like, I'm not surprised they jumped on it. I really, like when you first did it, I was like, I could see that working. In the same day as I saw one of your posts, I see Bad Manners touring where they're all stacked, their heads right. are stacked up on a thing. And I went, I don't know why, I've just got this feeling I can see you going on tour with someone like that. Cool. Like man. Bad Manners, like Selector, like yeah, Specials or something, like Support Acts. I, I don't know, there's no reason why it wouldn't happen. Yeah, like, it for me, it's, it's like probably yeah, just a matter I mean, of time. There's not really anyone else, there's not. Really well, you've, yeah, you've, doing it. there's there's a few, um, but yeah, only really like I don't know. There's probably like ten, I guess, around the world. Like, yeah, amazing. You know what I mean? I watched there was there was a um, a documentary that uh, Noisy put out a few years ago. It was called I think it was called Under the Influence. Yeah, it was all the different sure. subcultures, yeah. and um, and yeah, Scar. Like I watched this episode about Scar. And I've been, that's all I've been listening to. Like, so I, I always loved like Madness uh, growing up. They were like my first kind of, um, yeah, like, musical love. Like my dad sort of pushed that on me very young. Yeah, it's my mum for me. That, that complete Madness right. album. Like the, I know the orders of the songs, all yeah. of the words and that, the yeah, inlay. Madness in the car. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I wanted to be Suggs like right from a young age. Um and then, yeah, obviously, like, you get into different things when you grow up. And then SOE was, like, an indie band, wasn't it? But I'd been getting, like, back into... I'd been listening to a lot of Madness again. And then I started going down a rabbit hole and, yeah, listening to the rest of the two-tone back catalogue and Trojan and stuff. Then I watched this documentary and, and felt, like, got edu- educated myself on, like, Sublime and all the American yeah, stuff yeah. that happened in the early 90s. And I don't know, like, I, was, I just thought, mate, like, it's kind of like... it's it's, it's like our responsibility to to try and keep this going. It was such a great little documentary. I think it was only like ten minutes long yeah. or whatever, but it really kind of just captured like you know this beautiful worldwide subculture and the story. Of it. And I thought, I wonder if I could contribute. You know, That's so that cool. was my yeah. That was like, and that was like before I started, kind of just before I started writing it. Yeah. yeah. So did yeah. you like? Was it just you initially? Were you writing songs? Like, how did? Um... Johnny? Yeah, how did he get involved? So it was, yeah, I wrote like Rickety Old Train and another song on the first album called Trivial Talk. Um, and then, do you know our song Scar is the Bollocks? If you, you yeah, the video. Was there a video for that one? Yeah, it was a ridiculous one. I'm driving around in gold. Yeah. <laughs> so that, we, we wrote like a kind of a funny like song like about it. Washing cars. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's exactly how it happened naturally. But oh, I like Gold about that Bentley, yeah. You, you cross genres there. Yeah. Yeah. You cross into like hip hop. Yeah. That's mate, I'm so glad you picked up on <laughs> yeah, that. Because yeah. I was really inspired by an ASAP mob video, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love me hip hop. I just thought it'd be yeah, funny yeah, to put yeah. two skinny white guys yeah. like, in this hip hop, <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah. doing a Chaz and Dave inspired yeah. like, like fusion of Scar or whatever. But um, but yeah, it actually it happened like that, mate. I was I was on a car valeting job with my brother like one Saturday, and I was thinking about these new songs I'd written, and I thought, oh, you know, 
could kind of try and progress this now. I'm enjoying this. And and then Johnny just kind of popped into my head and I thought it'd be good to do it with, with Johnny because we we played in bands together Didn't on the Johnny Essex music scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And um Johnny and I always got on like a house on fire. Um and yeah, we I, I just he's always had that kind of quintessentially like British songwriting style, you know. Um and so I just thought, and like tomorrow when we're like mods, really, that was their thing, you know. And I thought he'd be good to, he'd be a good yeah, partner in Prime for this, yeah. And um, yeah, that's how it kind of come about, really. We just Amazing. got together, um, yeah, that summer and just started writing songs together. So yeah. even like it's, uh, when you see two people together like that, even when like last time I see you, that's lovely. Like you yeah, can kind of see, so sometimes good. you haven't even got to speak to each other. You can kind of <laughs> see that, like answering questions for each other and stuff like that is fucking great. Oh, I think Cheers, the other man. thing is, is that uh, like Johnny's kind of is like he's got he's more aloof. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that kind of works. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's nice quite when, nice. Like, when two people just really. I tell you, the other thing I really really like about your band is that. Uh, and what I also really like about all you Brentwood guys, and I always, say, I always kind of call you the Brentwood contingent. Fair play, yeah. Is that um, you all really look after each other. Yeah. So your band now uh, is you still got like uh, um, Bonsai and, and Luke, yeah, and Luke who are in states of emotion. Yeah. Bonsai, I have totally got a soft spot for oh, I can't the help it. Best person in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I love I him. Really love I think, and, but like when we used to go to like White Room rehearsing, Luke always looked too cool for school. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's always got an amazing girlfriend. Yeah. 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 And I, was, like, I didn't really, I, I spoke to him less than everyone else. I spoke to, uh, I really, I've definitely got a soft spot for Brick. You've got a lot Brick in common, haven't you, Brick? Yeah. yeah Brick it... kind of hit it off really quickly. Yeah, you've got a lot in common, you guys, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I mean, we're still well close, all of us, you know. I went out for a curry with yeah, Brick really just like the other that, week. Really. Yeah, but um, do you know, funny you should say that. When Serious Problem um, yeah, played, played at Grey Civic Hall. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, I think it was a bit. It was a bit of a gathering of all of us, yeah, kind of alternative folk, wasn't it? Yeah, and George as well. I've got a proper soft spot for George. What Mark's George? Yeah, or, yeah he's a diamond, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I remember like it was like me. Well, I thought we played, didn't we? We opened yeah. or something like that. And I remember being at the bar, kind of looking at all you guys, like talking and that. Like Jeremy is it? Yeah. And, and Stu and um, and Wayne and that. And and I thought like this lot this is us do you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, i just yeah. looked at you guys yeah, and yeah. i was like it's just so us lot do you know what i mean yeah. it's yeah, just it is, really. yeah it's stuck in your little because the thing is you're like in the suburbs aren't you it was like uh, uh like bowie uh did that song buddha of suburbia and he was always talked about him being in the suburbs right everything going on in the city and then because you're in the suburbs you pull together like you you yeah, you, you you stick with the people that are your tribe. Yeah, and like you fucking stay with them. Yeah, it's weird. definitely. So, I mean, that changes. I found that it changes as the years go on. But yeah, it's still like Jeremy's coming on in a couple of weeks. Yeah, is he? Wicked. Yeah, it's I can't wait. Like, oh, he's still mates. His son's an amazing yeah. guitarist, isn't he? I see him playing with Rudy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Rudy. so cool, mate. Like, I don't think he really gets it. I don't think he really knows how good he is. He's like, so good. Unreal. Like, yeah, because he started playing and then he was doing percussion on the side of the thing. That's like, yeah, oh, that's no, crazy. He's really, yeah, really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's really talented. Surrounded by it, mate, aren't we? Yeah. 
But it must be weird though, because like like your brother Matt, who like his band or the band he was doing, yeah, like, I've really associated with that band. Yeah, so like, that is a fucking bit of me. It's like, a lot of verve influence and what shoe guys in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I oh oh my god! Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's the hour. Uh, <laughs> Time's up, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, I went to see them one time, and I'm like, oh, they're fucking brilliant. Yeah. They're fucking brilliant. And now he's doing something else. Yeah. Like, oh, I really would have liked to have seen them do it. You know. I yeah. know. I was heartbroken when they, um, yeah, kind of disbanded. But at least he's on to the next thing. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, the it's thing. new stuff. Grunches, I like as well. Nice oh yeah, I see that. Yeah, 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 yeah really yeah, like in on bass actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good fun, I don't isn't think it? It's that grungy though. It's more like uh, it's a bit more kind of fucking psych. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The old stuff is obviously. Yeah, the name is just more about like what we were talking about earlier. Actually, just being a bit of an outcast yeah, growing yeah. up and being like label sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So just being a musician. Or yeah, of course. Dresses in baggy clothes or whatever. Yeah, like we chatted on Messenger uh, about uh, Exit Calm because I fucking oh, love Exit what Calm. a band, man! What a yeah. band! And like, uh, and that, like they came to nothing, which is. Real, real shame because yeah, they're amazing. And he yeah, was like, I'm oh, playing them. And I'm like, of course, I know you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I remember and that show. Brilliant. Yeah, I, yeah. I did, uh, I did, I met, I met the guitar player, and I'm just like, oh, fucking brilliant. Bow down. And yeah. then on the way, um, it was at Camden, Camden Crawl, or, uh, well, it wasn't called that now. And then uh, I got the train uh, out of Camden, and the singer got on. And he was the most bitter, angry. Oh, no, oh, really. Oh like, shit, man. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might think that, but I'm down. I'm on the building side tomorrow. Oh, fuck, man. And I was like, oh, I only started listening to you because Nick McKay recommended you, and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, I don't like him. No <laughs> way. Oh shit. Yeah. Fucking great band. Yeah, the Rapture. The Rapture. That album. That album is my. Like over the last couple of years, I go back to that album constantly. I was listening one to it literally a week. Yeah, yeah, it's one great. Of my favorites. So before we finish, the one thing that really occurs to me is that uh, you've struggled with uh, anxiety and depression, and what I really want to kind of get at is the fact that you struggle with all of those things that you're out there pushing it and you fought against everything and you've done it all yourself to make a successful band with uh, a million hits on YouTube. A million hits Crazy, on YouTube. Crazy, mate. That's unreal. And you've done that in spite of all this other shit. That's fucking impressive. Thank you, mate. <laughs> it is, though, isn't it? That's really yeah. lovely. Thank but you. That, no, that <laughs> impresses beautiful. me. Mm. And uh, it's like, you know, if there's anything I want to tell the world, is that you can you can take these things and you can use them to make you better at shit. You yeah. don't have to let it fucking ruin you. You mm. can get on top of it, uh, and you can you don't have to fight it, but you can use it. Yeah. To make you successful. And yeah, it don't have to happen straight away. Like if it's not happening today, like it might happen tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow's a different day, isn't it? So I just kind of see you as a really inspiring person. Oh, thank Definitely. you, man. That's lovely. No, but it's totally <laughs> true, though. Like, thank just you. someone who's inspiring, who's battled all this fucking shit, but you're you're out there doing it for yourself, which just makes it all that much better anyway. But you've still got... To, you've still kind of done it. 
Here you I haven't let it fucking Thanks. hold you back. Oh, cheers, fellas. <laughs> it Thanks. flies me away. It really does. Let's blow each other away now. <laughs> Let's blow each other away. <laughs> well, any last words? Just thanks, mate, for coming on. Yeah, really appreciate it. It's yeah, like a pleasure. Really We're big supporters of what yeah. you're doing and that, and it's just thanks nice so that you've much. made the time to come in. And, yeah, I, um, it, I, fucking, I, just, I just love it. I really love it. I find it really inspiring yeah. when people still do well and they're still fucking fighting a battle. Yeah. You know, like you said earlier, you still fucking fight a battle, but yet you still get up and you get it done. Mm. And like, it yeah. just shows that we can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you can get up and carry on and learn to, you know, you're never going to like eradicate all the fucking problems, uh, you know, especially if you've got bad mental health problems. But you you can you can find a way of coping with them and get and still have a good life and and, and get on with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but and turn it into an advantage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I guess the more you the more you deep dive and the more you have to learn, you know, I guess you cultivate more like emotional intelligence, don't you? So yeah. it makes you stronger. And you can use it in songs. Yeah. I use it in art. Yeah. Like, so it, it, it can make it work. Was well, that one of yours? Yeah. That's incredible, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one behind me, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, mate. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Really I was lovely to have you on. It's good. Well, we'll Cheers, say goodbye. Fellas. Love what you're doing here. Oh, Thanks thank for having you. me. Thank Cheers, you. mate. See you soon.